0: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link red5. I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist.
1: Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am your host. I am solo today. Um, Actually, we've been wanting to do this chapter, uh, this episode, for a long time. I uh, brought along a friend, a guest, a colleague, a fellow Red Fiver, Mr. Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives. Rob, my friend, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing awesome, man. Uh, Still going through a little... Post ScarifCon 2022 wind down, uh, but certainly had a great time last weekend with you and the rest of the Red 5 network that was in attendance, uh, both online and in person. Uh, incredible event, just gets bigger every year, and uh, all thanks to you, my friend. Oh, not at all. I think um, it, it was such a wonderful time. I, I think a lot of us
1: uh, are having a little bit of a withdrawal. Um, it, it was such a high moment, uh, for the summer. Um, enjoying, uh, the, 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 the family atmosphere, the camaraderie, the, uh, just the, the awesomeness of being with everybody. We had a pre scarfcon dinner on Friday night at Moretti's and, um, obviously the main event, but I don't know, you know, Pat, um, Pat, uh, Kind of uh, tapped me on the shoulder on Friday night and just made me look across the table at everybody that was there. There were about twenty plus people, just laughing and enjoying each other. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I got I got kind of emotional because not the fact that you know I uh, you know Brad and I started Red Five. I had no idea, absolutely no idea, how this little Red Five experiment was going to turn out. But seeing everybody across the table like that, it just, um, I, I was speechless. Um, and then obviously, Rob, you have been uh, helping us out and participating and driving all the way down to Chicago every year. And I totally appreciate your friendship, your support, and everything that you um, contribute to uh, to my little plan, my little evil plan here in Chicago. So thank you so much for that.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's no problem at all. It's an easy drive. Uh, always seems to go by in a flash. Um, certainly, this year, getting the chance to take my son down there, turned fourteen, really uh, started like a month, a uh, month or two before the event started kind of asking some questions. We were, he, he's always been great about watching star Wars. He loves clone wars, loves rebels, loves the movies. Uh, but we'd never really talked much about it. He kind of got into talking about it. And, uh, I just said, you know, I'm going to Scarif con in Chicago in July. You're welcome to come. And he surprised me. He was like, yeah, I'm in. Uh, so getting oh, nice. the chance to spend the weekend with him was a great bonding experience. Uh, certainly had some fun times with you guys. and uh, you know. Todd and his son, Trent, were doing the same thing. Uh, so we got a really nice picture. I know we mentioned it uh, before the show here, but a great picture of the fathers and sons together. And, uh, you know, it's a Testament really to, to the group of people that you brought together. Uh, you and I became friends very quickly, uh, after both of us started these podcasts, uh, just connecting, uh, through a giveaway that you had done for a really cool, uh, print from jar of comics. And, uh, I asked you some questions, kind of leaning into your technical expertise a little bit. And uh, we had a nice back and forth and been friends ever since. So it's definitely uh, one of the great things about Star Wars, just the way that it connects you with people just on the basis of that common ground.
1: Absolutely. I think it's um, um, just an amazing group of people. You know, folks, when you see the hashtag Red5Family out there, I know we uh, post it whenever we can. Um, but it really is uh, more like a family, especially after this last weekend for Scarifcon 22, um, really demonstrated how um, great everyone is—the uh, strength of character, the loving nature that everyone. I mean, I—it I sounds so corny, man, but it is so true. True. yeah. And um, it's just—it's an amazing group of people. Um, I'm proud to be. Uh, I don't know the curator of 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 this type of of relationship with with internet friends it's just uh you know it's just an amazing thing
2: i was gonna say curator is the perfect word to word to fold right into the uh, topic of this show
1: absolutely rob and then you know one of the other things too is obviously the folks that you know don't have a podcast folks like megan uh who traveled uh, uh you know also to Chicago to kind of be with us, be with the red five family. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a very nice surprise. You know, last year when we did Scarif Con over at the comic book store, I was really, um, again, in awe that, uh, people drove down to Chicago to kind of hang out with us. We had 97 Bravo. We had the boys from the escape pod, you know, even Shanti showed up, um, very, uh, very nice surprise. that Everybody kind of got together last year, this year, I, I think there were double the people because like I said, just even the people that listen to some of our shows and support us, uh, you know, become, um, you know, we've really uh, generated a, a friendship between everybody, even folks, like I said, that don't have podcasts that really, um, you know, rely on us for internet shenanigans per se, if, if, if anything else. Um, but it's, uh It's wonderful to see, to have seen everybody, you know, having fun this weekend, uh, making connections and uh, I guess, you know, solidifying that type of friendship. Um, Who says, uh, you know, I always tease Brad that, uh, you know, mom always says to be careful about uh, Internet strangers, but uh, nothing could be
2: further from the truth when it comes to the Red 5 family. There are some, uh, there are some crazy people out there, but uh, certainly everyone in the Red Five <laughs> family is a good kind of crazy.
1: Excellent. Um, again, before we get to the main topic, uh, have you been watching any nerd stuff or reading any nerd books? Anything out there that uh, that uh, you know? we may not be able to talk a a uh, a complete show but anything that's uh kind of struck your fancy anything cool
2: yeah i mean i've been hooked on westworld really ever since it came out uh Uh and i know it it sounds more like a Western, uh, the way that it's presented. But, uh, you know, at, at heart, it's all about artificial intelligence and, and the robots versus the humans. Uh, and the way that they do that show, I, I've talked about it on uh, some episodes of Jedi Temple Archives, uh, just in comparison to Star Wars, especially the more recent Star Wars. And it's a testament to what a quality show you can create when you go in there with the larger story the, at least the bones of the larger story figured out uh so that you can really uh twine it together and have some cool surprises um people know that there are uh, that you're being deceived when you watch that show. And a lot of times you still don't see it coming. Uh, But even beyond that, just the quality of the production, the quality of the acting uh, you know, these are all things that star Wars will be able to take complete advantage of if they ever decide to really go that route. Uh, because they can command really anyone they want. There's a ton of people out there that would love to be part of a, a Star Wars series or film or whatever. Um, it's really just about making sure that it's about the story and about the attention to detail. Uh, and I certainly hope that, you know, that's the kind of Star Wars that we see in the future, but uh, that is yet to be determined. Um, we shall see
1: excellent excellent and uh i do remember the original west world i think uh wasn't it yule brenner yeah yeah the king and Indeed. you <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right
2: the king and i So last week,
1: Brad and I got together and uh, we did a, a, a show on the legacy of the bad guy. And I wanted to ask you kind of a quick little uh, little part two here. Who is your favorite bad guy and why?
2: Man, uh, if I go Star Wars, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's obviously got to be Vader. He was just such an iconic bad guy. Uh, and there were layers to him, especially as you kind of kind of peel back the layers of the onion uh, and you get to see what it was about him that, that made him into the fearsome character that he became. Uh, You realize that, you know, it was really a a kid with a heart of gold and uh, just was the fact that he was manipulated really by someone who did not have his best interest at heart. And uh, in some ways, you know, by his own desires to, uh, to try to protect everyone and save everyone. Uh, It just created a, a really deep, um, complex character, uh, in Darth Vader, you know, when you first see him, he's just pure evil. Uh, and certainly there have been plenty of times where that, that, a- that aspect of him have really been stressed, but, uh, there's a lot more to him than that. And, and the whole redemption arc of, of Vader is really cool as well. So, um, you know, certainly as far as Star Wars goes, it's gotta be Vader. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Brad and I,
1: Discussed um, the whole redemption arc, and I know when you when it comes to Star Wars, we are all about the re- redemption, the hero's journey. But then you also have on the opposite side the the redemption of the uh, the antagonist. And uh, one of the things that I uh, mentioned in that episode is that one of the authors um, I would have to I don't remember exactly which author I said. Um, but, uh, he said that you should, when you're writing a story, you should actually start by writing and, or developing a good antagonist because the antagonist is the character that will mold the protagonist. It'll challenge him or her, uh, to be better, to be, to, to overcome even some of the fears that, uh, he or she has, uh, to be able to tell a good story. And, um. I think in the case of Darth Vader, we had we've had so many movies and so many stories with, you know, obviously Anakin, um, you know, growing up the way he did and uh, growing into this feared image, this feared character of of Darth Vader. Um, it definitely gives us a, a wide gamut of uh, telling the story of of Anakin, the rise and fall of this uh, very, very iconic figure. So I totally agree. Um, obviously, when I do our shows and our, we, we do our live shows, you see that silhouette behind me. Darth Vader probably is, not probably, Darth Vader is my favorite character of any fiction whatsoever. So I would have to tend to agree with you there.
2: You could certainly make an argument that, you know, Palpatine who created Vader uh, for all intents and purposes is, is an incredibly uh, compelling bad guy as well. Uh, you know, certainly more of the bad guy from the standpoint of absolutely having no, you know, no second, get, no second thoughts about who he is and the reason he's doing what he's doing uh, just pure evil, willing to work everyone to his uh, schemes and to his advantage, uh, all for you know him to gain power and be able to kind of run the show without anyone contesting him, so uh, you know I know that there 's a lot of people who you know if they really know kind of the story behind Palpatine uh, or at least the you know the legend story behind palpatine because that uh, that story was one of the things that kind of faded into legends uh, back in two thousand and fifteen but You know, Palpatine certainly uh, just absolutely no regrets uh, for the person that he was and uh, just kind of bathe himself in that dark side essence. So uh, I could see a lot of people thinking Palpatine would would even potentially drop Vader. Absolutely. What about non Star Wars? You got a non Star Wars bad
1: guy. And uh, why do you uh, why do you pick that?
2: Uh, you know, I guess diving back into Westworld, uh, the man in black uh, from the, the current series, uh, certainly in the original as well. Uh, but in the current series, and I don't want to go too too far into it for anyone that hasn't gone into uh, watching Westworld, I certainly would encourage it. We, uh, I corrupted Charles and got him watching it a few months ago. Uh, and we kind of, initiated Pat into watching it when we were at ScarifCon. That was kind of our uh, aside time watching that. Uh, but the character of the man in black is another scenario where you have that fall from being a, a generally a pure hearted guy uh, and just kind of allows the world to take him in a dark direction and by the time you meet the character that he has become he is just mercilessly uh remorselessly uh evil in terms of how he approaches things and it's almost it's almost worse than a purely evil character because uh you know he thinks he can justify what he's doing because of the environment that he's in dealing with uh characters that he believes are not human uh but the reality of it is is that you know it's it's ultimately just to kind of satisfy his dark desires oh
1: sounds really cool yeah westworld i should uh get in on that i know you guys were watching it over the weekend uh at Scarfcon. so
2: yeah very cool endlessly endlessly mind-blowing uh and a lot of a lot of cool kind of philosophical aspects of it as well very nice We're going to get into our main topic right after
1: this message.
0: Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California. Featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador, Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObi-Wan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information, and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at ranchoobiwan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansweet. While contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, RanchoObiWan.org
1: Alright, thank you guys Yeah, so uh, if you're just joining us My name is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast I've got Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives Another one of our Red Five members And tonight we're going to be talking about a uh, Someone that is very close to your heart Isn't that correct? Indeed, Just because indeed. you're the
2: Jedi Temple archivist, <laughs> right, right, and uh, yeah, certainly she is the Jedi Temple archivist that most people would be familiar uh, with from the films. Uh, we get to see quite a bit of her both in uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, you know, certainly in the prequel films, but uh, also in uh, Clone Wars. Uh, she makes several appearances in the animated series as well. So you kind of get a little bit uh, of a An idea of who she is as a character. Uh, They flesh her out a little bit more later on in some of the comics, the Darth Vader comics that came out here the last few years. Uh, So we actually have a little bit to go on in terms of who she was uh, as an individual and kind of what her role entailed within the Jedi Temple.
1: And, of course, we are talking about none other than Jocasta New and uh, a very interesting character. Um, she's uh, She seemed like a seasoned Jedi, guarding those secrets when we first see her and uh, being very um, absolute regarding missing information when uh, Obi-Wan comes searching for a missing planet. If it doesn't, uh, if it isn't in our archives, then it doesn't exist. That's uh, that's kind of Sith-like in her absolutism. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to put that. It's one of the things that really uh, jumps out at you. I mean, you kind of see it uh, across the Jedi Order, really, at that point during the prequel films, uh, where the Jedi were so completely comfortable in their superiority, uh, they they really felt like you know the galaxy was. Uh, was in the position that it was because of their guidance. And, uh, you know, they, they had a very posh, uh, temple there on Coruscant, um, which later was taken over by Palpatine to use as his, uh, kind of galactic, um, you know, seat of power. But, uh, Jocasta, you know, definitely came off as, is a bit of a snob in that situation with Obi-Wan. And, uh, instead of, you know, kind of thinking to herself, you know, why, why would this information not be in our archives? Uh, she is just, absolutely secure in the knowledge that she knows exactly what is in the archives and that if it's not there then it it's not there for a reason
1: yeah so let me ask you this i don't know a lot of her uh about her i've read a couple of comic books and obviously she um i think she appears in Kevin scott's novel um dooku jedi lost is that correct
2: yeah, I'm, I'm a little hazy on the details of Jedi Lost. I mean, at least as far as she is concerned, um, I, I'm not at all surprised if she is. Uh, I think it was with regards to uh, Dooku and... Um, and Sifo-Dyas trying to sneak into into one of the uh, sections of the archives uh, that, that was basically closed off to all but the, the highest level Jedi. Uh, and I believe it's the same room that housed the Sith artifacts. So uh, she basically takes exception to the fact that these two young Padawans at the time uh, are essentially trying to, to break into a room of her treasured artifacts.
1: Yeah. Um. Which reminds me, you keep getting uh broken into too. I keep hearing that uh, somebody uh breaks into uh into your archives while you're doing a tour or. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember that, huh? Yeah,
2: Very yeah. That was uh, that was Doctor Sonny Ravencourt. Uh, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a a pain in the royal behind as far as the temple goes, but. Uh, <laughs> Apparently he, he can sneak in under many guises. Uh, we've got a, we've got a couple great clips uh, of him running afoul with some of the uh, Jedi temple archivists as well. Too funny, too funny.
1: Um, absolutely. So let me ask you this, what kind of, you mentioned, um, and, and I did read the novel um, again, you know, I, I always talked about the reading with Andrew and how sometimes I just don't retain a lot, mm-hmm. but just, um, Dooku Jedi Lost uh, was a very cool novel. It was one of the first um, novels uh, that I started reading uh, from the new Star Wars books. Uh, I, I think I started with Claudia Gray and Lost Stars, which was mm-hmm. another um, nice book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, this one in particular, and I think was it this one that had the full cast and sound effects, or there was another
2: one with Dooku in it? But um, no, it was really. Yeah, it was- it was Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah, it was. It actually yeah. started as an audio play, essentially, uh, and then they they transitioned it to a book as well. But uh, I heard it as an audio play, uh, and there was a lot going on there. Uh, certainly yeah. centers around Dooku and and uh, Asajj Ventress, but uh, it brings in a lot of a lot of other characters and locations. And and Joe Castaner was certainly part and parcel to that.
1: So you mentioned um, some notes from the book regarding the, uh, Sith artifacts, but I wanted to ask you, cause I find this very interesting. I find f- the, the fact that the Jedi have this, um, this section in their temple. And obviously we see it in the, uh, in the second prequel movie where it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful library. It's got all, you know, these, uh, books and, and data files. Um, but I find it interesting that, Um, that it does house Sith artifacts. Um, lost um Sith art information uh, obviously we 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 see a little bit of that and how dangerous it may or may not be um mm-hmm. from the uh, the sequels when you know C-3PO is uh basically telling everybody uh, you know I can't read that stuff I just I'm programmed not to so it's right. it's it's fascinating to me that um that the Jedi keep this type of information locked away um, I wanted to ask your take um, because I think the the one thing that comes to mind and the way that I kind of equate it in the real world, you have, you know, stories of the Vatican um, with, you know, their secret archives. And the Jedi have similar archives where they keep these secrets just stored away for whatever reason, whether it's they don't want secrets to come out, they don't want, um, you know, false information to permeate the galaxy but i wanted to ask your take on what kind of secrets do you think these jedi are uh, are hiding back there
2: well i mean we certainly know that you know they have uh, artifacts like the mask of bowman that comes out in one of the vader novels that uh that basically it contains the infused f- essence of Darth moment. Uh, and that is kind of, I think one of the reasons why the Jedi would collect a lot of these artifacts. We do see kind of across star Wars canon as a whole, that one of the things that can often happen with these Sith Lords, uh, is that they infuse their essence into an object or into a place. Uh, and they essentially can, can reside there as kind of a malevolent force ghost, And, uh, you know, from the Jedi standpoint, I certainly think that, you know, you've got Sith holocrons and things that hold this forbidden Sith knowledge, uh, that they wouldn't want to fall into the hands of someone who is Force-sensitive, where it could potentially corrupt them. But there's a lot of these other artifacts that, uh, you know, potentially could corrupt you, even if you're not Force-sensitive. And so I kind of felt like the Jedi were, in some sense... They were hiding them away to, you know, protect individuals from coming across them. But you also have to believe that, you know, they want to, or, you know, their belief is going to be that we're the most uh, qualified people to guard this, uh, this information and these, these, uh, these objects uh, from people in the galaxy. We don't want them out there. We're just, anyone can come across them. Uh, And in a lot of ways, they had to be concerned about the Sith uh, potentially rising again at the time they thought the Sith had been extinct for over a thousand generations.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned Darth moment and that's obviously it's a Darth Vader series uh, written by Charles soul. Um, really good series. Um, highly recommend it to anybody that uh, is interested in the comic books. If you missed it when it came out new, I think it's in paperback version in uh, graphic novel mode. So uh, yeah, definitely an enjoyable series. Um, yeah, that, I, I find that fascinating. And then is, um, uh, I mentioned early on that uh, Jocasta knew was a, uh, she seemed like a very seasoned Jedi. And again, you know, later on, I don't know where in the timeline. Well, it's obviously it had to be um, post order 66, but she escapes and Vader goes hunting for her. And it is, I think it's part of the Charles soul uh, series of books, but yep. it is badass. J- Jocasta new holds her own with Vader. And, um, I I find that fascinating. But yes, Force Sensitive Jedi Master Jocasta New and I really wish that we would get some more adventures with with young Jocasta New when mm-hmm. she was at the height of her Uh, of her skills um not that she's not at the height of her skills now now based on the comic book that i mentioned the stories that i mentioned but i think it would be really uh really great to to see some adventures with her in them um at least you know joining in on uh some adventures or some missions with other characters i think
2: that would be an amazing thing to see Absolutely. There's so a lot of interesting aspects to Jicasta New. Uh, as you mentioned, she did escape, you know, the purge uh, along with one of her assistants named Gar and they go into hiding on Coruscant. She's she's from Coruscant originally. So this has really been, you know, where she has lived her entire life and uh they're basically hidden away. Uh, she basically transcribes all the knowledge that she has into a set of holocrons so that, uh, you know, if a Jedi comes along and is attempting to restore the Jedi order, that, you know, that knowledge is not lost to whatever uh, degree is possible, just based on her knowledge. But, uh, as you mentioned, she then uses kind of some secret passageways to sneak back into the temple, uh, knowing that, that, uh, that Kyber crystal, uh, that uh, essentially contains the the names of all of these Jedi students that's, you know, part of this holocron in the temple, uh, or not even students. These are Force-sensitive children uh, throughout the galaxy, and these are all potential Jedi uh, for future generations. So this is something that the Emperor is very interested in trying to find. Uh, he has spent a number of years trying to... Uh, Capture uh, a number of Force-sensitive children. That's part of the Clone War series that uh, that we do get to see. But this would basically give him access to any number of people that he could recruit to be Sith or to uh, be Inquisitors, kind of uh, in the in the vein of what we saw in the Kenobi series and in a lot of the comics. Um, also, interestingly, with the Inquisitors, the Grand Inquisitor was a former uh, Jedi Temple guard who uh, wanted to get access to a lot of these. Uh, more advanced uh, pieces of knowledge and sections within the temple, and one of the things that drove him to become an inquisitor uh, was the fact that he had been denied that specifically by Jocasta Nu. Uh, and so, you know, when Order 66 occurred, he was turned loose on the Jedi Temple archives, and and uh, seeing him kind of defiling the the knowledge in that archive was one of the things that caused Jocasta Nu to kind of expose herself and led to that confrontation you mentioned with Vader.
1: Yeah, and I do remember uh, another detail of the book. They uh Jocasta Nu was uh helping to set up uh, a new uh Jedi training school, I think it was if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, but uh yeah, absolutely good stuff. You know, the knowledge alone in those archives must be massive. I know you've got uh you know, you've got knowledge that is uh, I guess um built for sharing. You've got the knowledge of the Jedi history where obviously young Padawans come in and study and do their training. Uh, But you also have that dark knowledge. And I think uh, for me, it's fascinating that uh, the Jedi is holding on to that dark knowledge. We have the stories of um ancient sith temples being you know raised and uh jedi temples being you know built on top of that and so forth and so forth as the jedi and sith battled throughout the eons you have these structures that are covered you know, uh, tenfold um, by each other. And I find that fascinating because I think in the real world, if you study history, there are instances where you do have, you know, old ancient churches that are, you know, that used to be mosques, uh, you know, now are Catholic churches and so forth and so forth. Again, just a, a great testament to George Lucas's, you know, pull from the real world and uh, you know his—I uh, guess his knowledge or his his uh, his need to infuse that type of uh, you know of real world history into his fables. I think it makes it more realistic. It makes it more—I um, uh, don't know. Um, acceptable to or, or believable um, in the sense of creating this world, because it kind of taps into our subconscious. It, it, it realizes, you know, we once we hear these stories, we realize, oh, that's plausible. And I think that's, uh, I think that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's very much what, what Lucas was all about, right? He, he was interested in, uh, kind of the drives and motivations, uh, of, of people and kind of how that interacts with society. And, um, that was the the basis of most of his stories. So the fact that, you know, he's pulling from all of this, um, the, all of this literature, uh, that he built most of Star Wars on uh, is not surprising. A lot of that literature was also based on, on uh, kind of long, periods of, of watching human behavior and uh, interactions. And so he was always very much about grounding Star Wars in the real world. It's very cool to see that that carried over into Star Wars. And to your point about, you know, raising temples and building new temples on top of them, that was very much the case with the Jedi temple on Coruscant. Uh, it had actually uh, held beneath it, kind of in the catacombs beneath it, a old Sith temple uh, that they had missed uh, that hadn't been raised. And the dark side energy from that temple is one of the things that kind of gradually over the years started to interfere with the uh, the Jedi masters in the temple being able to tap into the light side of the forces effectively. And it was really kind of one of the contributing factors to uh, Palpatine being able to carry out his plans. No wonder Dr. Ravencourt wanted a sneak peek of the archives. Yeah, yeah, again, he's uh he's up to no good no matter where he's at. Uh so we couldn't let him just uh wander about the archives freely.
1: okay you guys are hilarious earlier in the week i had posted a question kind of a fun little activity let's have some fun next week episode with jta podcast we'll be reading your wrong answers on what exactly is it that jocasta knew was keeping hidden in her jedi archives wink wink we got some really funny answers here are some of them our friend Jeff over at the Blue Milk Cafe, fellow Red Fiver, says... Actually, he didn't say anything. He just posted a GIF of some liquor bottles, some wine bottles that perhaps Costa knew kind of uh, relies on to make sure that she guards the secrets there. Very funny, Jeff. Ha ha ha. And our friend Sith Care Bear, Josh, of course, says, Porn. perfect josh our reposter extraordinaire vader rapina says the parchment that officially granted anakin skywalker the rank of master hidden under her cases uh, of depends oh my follower daniel sparks says her favorite book of course the secrets of dogmatism i'm omniscient and don't you forget it Here's a funny one from our friend Mad Cap Munchin. He says, what did she hide? Not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're animals. And she archived them like animals. She filed them. Our awesome co-host, Madam Chantel, says she's got the TPS reports. Very funny, Shanti. Go file that you know where. And last but not least, our friend Nicholas Schaefer from the Backyard TARDIS says, Jocasta New hid Yoda's love poems were kept in the deep vaults only viewable by Grand Masters. Wow, that's a hot take. Thank you guys so much for indulging us and having a little fun on this week's episode, Jocasta New. What secrets is she hiding? Now, back to the program, already in progress. all right time for the big thank yous podcast family to those of you who open up your hearts and support the Scariff scuttlebutt podcast team Scariff gives you all a heartfelt thank you to some wonderful people who listen and interact with the show as patrons we're super lucky to have you folks like 97 bravo from the conversions podcast and our head gamer at red five gaming big thank you backyard tardis our friend nicholas schaefer a huge supporter of the red five network Go support his channel. Look for Backyard Tardis on YouTube. And check out Scott and Kim of the Used and Abused podcast.
0: Thank you, fellow Red Fivers.
1: Look for them on all the socials. Big thanks to our Executor-tier patrons. Thanks so much, everyone. Can't forget our other supporters like DJ and Steve from Rogue One Radio. Music, fun, TV, and the occasional shenanigans. Check them out. And we've got Danny from Comics and Cosmetics, a YouTube channel you cannot miss. Go subscribe and thank you, Danny. The Frank from Miami, what's up, Frank? And we got Joey Rosales, longtime patron, thank you, kind sir. Our very own expert on classic Hollywood and one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita, big hugs to you, my friend. Sing Blue Silver, inside joke. And lest we not forget our scuttle buddies like Alex and Chad, Hyperspace, and Holocrons. Don't forget Jay from Florida. Huge respect to all our patrons and thanks for your support. And if you also want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy our show, head on over to patreon.com slash Scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. I wanted to touch a little bit about because you had mentioned Palpatine. You know, in Rebels, uh, towards the end of that series, there are some wonderful Palpatine moments. There, um, there is some weird, uh, dark Force um, sequences where he manipulates. Um, You see him, you know, doing some witchcraft type stuff, uh, and uh, you know, seeing the the future, the past, the present, and trying to reach out. You know, obviously, we know that uh, Palpatine had his hands in many things, um, and I, I find it fascinating that one of the things that uh, that is housed in the Rebel in the uh, Jedi Temple Archives is, uh, you know, besides knowledge, is the location of Force sensitives, uh, or maybe a method to uh, to locate them throughout the galaxy wherever they uh may be and i think palpatine wanted uh you know we know that he wanted to use anakin um to basically jump into his body we have that storyline kind of uh laid out in the old dark horse comics uh dark empire which i you know i I think uh um hopefully uh you know they should have maybe pulled some of that uh story element in the in, in the sequels um um, but, uh, that, that's another show, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think Palpatine, you know, obviously if he had his way, um, would have been able to use a lot of that, uh, knowledge in the Jedi temple archives. And obviously from, um, you know, from the Sith perspective, um, uh, an already dangerous character, uh, would have been, uh, even more so if, uh, if he ever got his hands on, on any of that knowledge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's certainly, he's certainly constantly after it. We see that in the Clone Wars having Cad Bane, uh, you know, Palpatine loved to use Cad Bane, uh, unwittingly to, to carry out his dark designs, including breaking into the Jedi temple archives, which is one of the highlighted episodes, uh, of the Clone Wars pretty early on. But, uh, you know, Palpatine certainly one of the interesting things about the comics is that when Vader and Palpatine meet and Palpatine is looking at the list of Jedi who are suspected to have survived order 66. Joe Casta is right at the top of that list and she's not the biggest threat to him from a physical standpoint, but the fact that she has access to and knows where that list of four sensitive children throughout the galaxy uh, resides and, and how to access that is one of the things that makes her such a huge threat. And one of the reasons she's at the top of that hit list, he wants that list, uh, either to eliminate them as threats or monitor them to ensure they don't become threats or to use them in whatever dark schemes he has planned. Uh, but yeah, the, the scenes that we get of Palpatine, uh, I believe they're all in season six of the clone wars, uh, and specifically related to him trying to, uh, use that dark force magic to kind of manipulate Yoda. Um, it's one of the things that, that could easily dovetail into an explanation of what happened to Padme. But as you said before, that is also another show.
1: <laughs> I'm just reading some quotes from uh, some of the uh, comic book lines here. She confronts a Grand Inquisitor and uh, says, get your filthy hands off my books. I mean, she's uh, she's a firecracker.
2: She is. She, uh, she's very protective of that knowledge. She, you know, she has a really interesting arc, uh, within the Jedi order. She was a seeker, which was one of the Jedi that would go out into the galaxy and, uh, find these four sensitive children and bring them back and, you know, initiate them into the order. Uh, she was also on the Jedi high council at one point, uh, as, uh, kind of shown in the clone wars by the fact that she, you know, intimates that she had had previous access to that, uh, holocron vault that only the Jedi masters, such as, uh, um, blow coon or, uh, um, you know, certainly Kenobi and, and, uh, Yoda, et cetera, would have had access to, but, uh, you know, she, she kind of ran the full gamut and then all of a sudden decides to kind of settle in her older years into this role as Jedi temple archivist. And, uh, her love was clearly knowledge and the preservation of that knowledge and kind of bringing that all together. And she was very, very proud of what she had constructed, but that pride, uh, also blinded her to some of her shortcomings.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Um, something that just um, gave me pause. You uh, were talking about force sensitives and uh, some of her early missions going out and finding them and bringing them to the Jedi order. Um, we have uh, a new show coming up with Jude law called skeleton crew as part of the new star Wars offerings. And I wanted to get your take because, you know, early uh, earlier I just mentioned it would be great to see some adventures with um with Jocasta New, um, you know, as she was, or, you know, in her early life with missions. Um, What are the chances that we might uh, get to see something like that, especially because, you know, we, we've read a little bit about what skeleton crew might, um, might entail, um, bringing force sensitives to the foreground. Um, But um, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an aspect of, of kind of the overall Star Wars mythos that they haven't tapped into yet to really see what, what it would be like to go out and gather these, uh, Force sensitives together at a very early age. I, I got the feeling that, um, you know, the, the kids that they were going to have in in the skeleton crew show might be a little bit old to be the type of kids that the, uh, the Jedi Seekers would go after. I mean, certainly Anakin at age nine was already too old. Uh, not that that apparently... <laughs> changed anything when it came to Kenobi they were ready to wait wait until Luke was 18 to train him but uh you know certainly at at that particular point in time I would think that they'd be looking for younger children so uh I'm interested to see kind of how that whole that whole show pans out I know it's certainly for younger adults but again Star Wars is for kids anyway right (laughs)
1: And I'm uh, just reading a little bit about that. Obviously, uh, we don't know exactly what the synopsis is on the story. Um, a lot of people are saying that it uh, might be kind of a um, a Goonies uh, Goonies slash Star Wars kind of a hybrid uh, show. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, bringing in Jude Law that uh, that is some power play right there. So uh, just you know, whatever it is, I think I'm looking. I know my wife is looking forward to it.
2: She's like, oh, Jude Law. <laughs> again uh certainly as you said i mean he's a big name uh he's got a lot of a lot of great work in his past and uh he's gonna add a lot of gravity to whatever he works on so uh definitely hopeful that they employ him to his fullest extent
1: Let me ask you this i'm reading some behind the scenes and some differences between um uh, the story uh in canon versus legend regarding jocasta new um do you know a little bit about that difference
2: uh, honestly most of what i know about jocasta is from the current canon uh i didn't really know much of her other than you know the little bit that we saw of her uh within the clone wars uh and within um, attack of the clones primarily yeah looks like uh anakin kills her during order 66
1: for uh, refusing uh, him access to the archives um as far as uh, as part of star wars legends but uh we all
2: know that she's a firecracker and she survived yeah actually she uh is the primary reason in current canon that uh the emperor doesn't get his hands on that list of force sensitive children and and not because she defeats vader uh, but she does a very good job of making him think about why the emperor might want that list uh, and kind of playing on his emotions and his insecurity um not even necessarily knowing that it's Anakin behind that mask, but just knowing that she was essentially the Emperor's, uh, you know, enforcer. And that uh, if he had his pick of four sensitive children, uh, he may find someone stronger and someone more uh, to his liking in terms of, uh, you know, being able to manipulate them a little bit easier. What a trickster. Again, he's a slimy dude. <laughs>
1: I ran out of notes.
2: Yeah, I will say you know one of the things uh, that really stands out about Jocasta New in uh, in those Dark Horse or not the Dark Horse comics, but the uh, the current uh, series of comics uh, with Vader involved is that uh, you know as you mentioned she is able to kind of hold uh, hold him off and uh, best him briefly uh, for for a period of time. And one of the things about her that is so cool is that she doesn't do that based on her her strength or her prowess with the lightsaber she knew that she was no match for him in that way but she knew the archives i mean that was her home she knew every item in that archive and she knew the one thing in one of those hidden archives that stood a chance of basically defeating him and that was uh, something that we had not seen anywhere else It never been used outside of that particular comic book but it was essentially a lightsaber rifle uh, and it was a, a blaster rifle that had a slot in the top that you could slot your lightsaber into. And when you fire the weapon, that charge would go through the kyber crystal. It would amplify it many, many times, just like it would amplify that lightsaber uh, blade. And uh, essentially, it was an incredibly powerful blast. The problem was uh, that she, she got three shots off before it essentially burned the kyber crystal out of that lightsaber uh, because they're just not designed to... Um, to be able to handle that that surge of energy. Uh so she does actually, you know, kind of have Vader on the ropes for a while, uh, but ultimately he's able to best her uh despite the fact that she kinda had the high ground as far as knowledge went. Mm, wow. I like that.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, Joe Costa knew. Jedi Temple archivist, and uh, I guess uh, you know I would not be remiss to call her a uh, a hero. Now that you mentioned the fact that uh, she kind of uh, you know dissuade uh, Vader from making sure that the that Palpatine had that information, so yep.
2: Uh, yeah, yep, forced him to uh, essentially just crush that holocron right in his fist, uh, and. God knows how many saved, how many lives she saved uh, with that single action. So uh, definitely a hero from that standpoint. Also a hero from the standpoint of, uh, you know, loading up as many holocrons as she could with the knowledge that she knew from her time as Jedi Temple archivist. And, uh, you know, we don't really get to see a lot of what happens with uh, Luke and him founding his Jedi Praxium. Uh, we do get to see a little bit of it, I guess, in uh, in Book of Boba Fett when it's split off into essentially Mandalorian 3.0 uh, <laughs> right you get to see him founding that school but you know one of the things that was part of that legends knowledge was that uh you know luke certainly uh you know had another confrontation with palpatine you know fell to the dark side of the force but uh was was redeemed and then he went on a search for as much knowledge about the jedi orders as he could before founding his school and one of the things that he was collecting were any bits of jedi jedi knowledge or jedi lore and you have to believe that some of those holocrons that uh, Joe Castanue would have uh, imbued with her knowledge would have been part of what he was able to come across Excellent Jocasta
1: Nu, Jedi Temple Archivist and a very interesting character. If uh if you only know her from the prequels, uh I would suggest that you dive into the Clone Wars and uh some of the comic books but uh they flesh out her character a little more and uh make her even more interesting. So absolutely check it out uh when you can. Um highly recommended.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of good stuff out there uh in the animated series absolutely uh some of the stuff in the comics i know there's always that debate about whether that is you know the comic information is actually canon or not but uh, certainly some good storytelling that's very in keeping with uh, the characters as we know them
1: here here any final thoughts on jocasta new that this has been a really interesting discussion um again thank you rob for uh joining me after how many when did we plan this originally like a couple months ago
2: yeah, it's been a few months, but uh, it's been crazy <laughs> times, too. I knew leading up to Scarifcon, you were going to have your hands full. Uh, glad that that went off really without a hitch. It was a, a wonderful time and still uh, still thinking about it, still looking forward to next year. I've got some proposals for you. We'll talk about offline and see if we can uh, take it up another notch
1: excellent excellent i've gotten um, so many direct messages from folks and people that uh that want to submit proposals and uh, i'm uh excited to uh to hear what everyone has to say um i know you know from a behind the scenes aspect uh you know when i uh, get into a project i see it from many different perspectives and uh it's nice to to know that uh, everybody enjoyed it last saturday gone 2022 and uh next year definitely will be uh something to remember again uh looking forward to having more people and more fun more shenanigans and more pat and
2: charles oh boy i don't know if any, i don't know if chicago's ready for more pat and charles but uh certainly a good time
1: My friend, any final thoughts on Jocasta New?
2: No, I just, uh, I do have to give props. Uh, I think it was two years ago at uh, Comic-Con in Grand Rapids uh, here about an hour from my house. I, I went over there and Rebel Legion had a Jocasta New cosplayer. Uh, so I was shocked and awed to see that someone had actually put the effort in. She had the embroidered robes. It was uh, she was just loving every minute of it. And she loved the fact that, you know, someone came up and immediately knew exactly who she was. Uh, so, again, there's there is someone in Star Wars for everyone. Uh, and it's always cool to see the, the time and effort people put into the, the cosplay that they create. Absolutely. So much fun. I love cosplay. I'm looking at a picture
1: of her and uh, another character side by side. And I think this poster, this uh, Twitter poster has uh, has something here. She looks like
2: Snoke. Huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, Snoke was her brother, I think. <laughs> Jocasta Snoke.
1: Very nice. excellent. Rob, before we leave, I just want to make sure that you tell the folks where people can find you if they want to head on over to the Jedi Temple Archives and do some digging of their own.
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, JTApodcast.com is the quickest, easiest place to find us. We're on all the major pod platforms, so you should have no issue. If you do, you can shoot me a message at JTApodcast at gmail.com, and I will rectify that for you. Uh, also, constantly uh, out there looking to to guest on other shows. I've certainly worked with roe in the past uh, pat and charles from conversations uh, and really uh any number of other places so uh red5network.com is another great place to go if you're looking for podcast content you can find us there as well as all the other great shows that are part of the red five network and if i'm not your uh your cup of tea or your cup of calf then i would say uh definitely check it out there are so many different approaches to uh, covering star wars content and we have a great selection of them out there at red5network.com you can also find me on socials at JTA Podcast. So uh, that's, that's my best uh, info on where you can find me and where you can find all my friends over at Red 5 Network
1: absolutely thank you so much Rob for your time tonight we talked about Jocasta New if this was your first foray into discovering our show here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast we want to say thank you we want to make sure that you check out the rest of our back catalog we've got some deep dives between Brad myself and Shanti talking about all things Star Wars and some geek things thrown in there in the mix as well Uh, as Rob mentioned we've got uh, almost 40 other content creators under the red five flag check us out at bio.link slash red five the number five don't forget to uh check out uh, the rest of our shows we uh love to interact if you have any messages or any thoughts on our show tonight please drop us a voice note and give us a call uh, send us an email at scare at gmail.com or our voicemail chat is ready to go send us a message we'd love to hear what you guys have to say 773-234-8659 is the scuttlebutt hotline use it call call it whenever you want 24 hours a day operators are standing by yama ya that was my spanish for tonight
2: koto ya'll be <laughs> hey, I think wasn't he Mexican? I think he I was. Knew it.
1: Excellent. Rob, thank you so much. This is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Next time we'll have Shanti and Brad or Shanti or just Brad or just me or I don't know, any other combination of uh, Team Scarif, maybe a guest, but uh, we'll still continue to have fun and uh, discuss all nerd topics. Signing off for this episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. That is the Scuttlebutt. Roger, roger. My mouth got a little tongue tied at the end. Nothing, a few edits. It
2: happens. Excellent. Listener, Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red 5 Network offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.